had to catch myself. Almost did it. Almost did it. Welcome back to First Stop, Korolnik and Koliakville. Man, what a track. What a track. And sometimes I get caught up with music, Coco, and I start singing. And then our technical producer, 20 Fingers, records you. Slowly puts together a folder, and then he plays it again. Like yesterday, I said Yas Queen in honor of Rihanna. He played that later in the show. That was embarrassing. But this song, I mean... As good as it gets. I believe in Armageddon. Have you seen the movie Armageddon? Of course. And I think this is one of the great scenes. So you just have to remind me, because it's driving me nuts in my head right now. I'm trying to think of who sings this song. That's Aerosmith, right? Aerosmith. Yeah, that's Aerosmith. That's right. I was thinking, it's it's not Guns N' Roses. I know Guns N' Roses. It's not Led Zeppelin. It's Aerosmith. Yeah. Steven Tyler. Steven Tyler. What a track. Yeah, that song is. That's probably what you'll be playing later tonight. You and Gina. Bottle of wine. Valentine's Day, Valentine's Night. Sounds very romantic. It does sound very romantic. What Me, you, however, what do you have planned? probably watch Orlando, single Orlando, guy. Toronto. Be like, all right, Yaka Pertle over six and a half rebounds. Let's go. Okay. Yasko. <laughs> what? Nice. That was what I said yesterday. I don't recall what Let was going hear on. Let me and I, we were. Yas Queen? Cause and I were probably still drunk from the night before. Did you go to Super the party Bowl. with Cause? Uh, no, Cause was not invited. <laughs> no, no, it's just House Brother and I at the FanDuel thing. Probably should have brought Cause. Although okay. he has his old own crew of guys. Remember, Cause used to do the weight gain competition in Super Oh, Bowl. that's right. He doesn't do it anymore because he's no? old. He's old, so that yeah, would probably kill him. That's a heart attack. Yeah, right it is. Then. He's probably listening. He's like, wow, yes. okay, that's really rude, guys. But we love you, Matthew. Dude, I, I went on a trip with a guy. Like, it was literally incredible watching this guy operate on a day-to-day basis. I won't mention any names, but guys are Like mucking food? The routine he had was basically eat, golf, eat, eat, eat. Is this man a large fella? (laughs) No, he's not. This guy would like... He would literally get up from a nap and he would just walk around and just find something else (laughs) to eat. Like, he non-stop eating. I couldn't believe what I was watching. He'd sleep on the couch, take power naps, get up, middle of night. And just crush. Crush leftovers, crush stuff that's in the fridge, get up in the morning. And, like, every 30 minutes, he was eating something. So you have your, the entire crew all in the same home? Like everybody was there, or was it no, separate, there, separate there houses? six of us staying at one place, and then the rest of the guys. So it was like entourage there, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Did you have a Johnny Drama cooking you breakfast? Yeah, my bro. P-Man or, oh, or Marco? Marco was the... Chef Marco. Really? Yeah, the guy's Good. the best. No man. kidding. Oh, yeah. Wow. Guy knows how to cook up a like nice what, what type of What type of meals are we talking here? Uh, you name it, buddy. Some like eggs, breakfast, bacon. Breakfast was a nice serving of bacon and eggs every morning. With your fruit, and then lunch was, you know, depending on what the mood of the mood what, of what the was, day on, was. What was on the? I'm sure you're going out barbecuing. You're going out for lunch. lunch. Like you're not. You don't go to the golf course and sit and have a drink and have lunch no. after. Literally, I'm telling you, man. The golf course was a two minute drive, two minute golf cart drive oh, from yeah, your driveway. Case. Like people in that in that compound literally have their own golf carts. They drive everywhere. And the golf cart takes you right to the first tee on whatever tee box you're That's on. That's the dream. You were living the Three dream. Three different golf courses. It was an like it literally was the dream. Just and I couldn't believe like the world of living around Gators. It's really 
mesmerizing. Though you heard Mitch Marner say Gator like a million times yeah. following the NHL All-Star game. Yeah. You've, you, but you, that was you my first event? time actually golfing on a golf course with Gators. And we saw them a bunch of times. Scary. You just leave them alone. Someone texting in Marco with the calves. Oh, because that's the Johnny Drama reference. Nice. Nice. Yes, I was like, calf. does Marco have large the calf calves? Implants. Maybe he does. Yes. Maybe he does. Yes. Uh, big day for me here at TSN. I'm doing a photo shoot after the show. Okay, so I wanted yeah. to ask you. I'm a little Valentine's nervous. Valentine's Day. And maybe yeah. our listeners can text in on our, on our text line, 105050. What do single guys do on, on on Valentine's Day? Like you said, you're having a photo shoot. Like I know you're, it's a TSN photo yeah. shoot, but like, what are you going to use those for? Is that going to be your new Tinder? Profile? Oh yeah, I mean, I didn't even contemplate that. Of course, I did. I'm just kidding. Uh, no, hopefully Raya. You know that exclusive, like you celebrity only. On. Yeah, Frankie Corrado couldn't get me on. He really let me down. He set me up with his buddy Frankie's Viz. On Raya? No, Frankie's married, but his buddy say. is. <laughs> Although I don't know, <laughs> Frankie could be on the Sudbury version of Raya because you know some stories emerged. Some of his times up in Sudbury last last week when he was on the show. Okay. Sounded like he had a good time when he was playing the OHL. Let's put it that way. In any case. Who didn't have a good time playing I mean, the well, OHL? Yeah, I think that's, that's probably, <laughs> I mean, it does sound like a hell of a league. But, yeah, I mean, as far as these photos, you know, these are professional pics. I got, like, the suit pressed. Okay, but what, ready to what go. does a single guy do oh. on Valentine's What does a single person, I should say single guy, a single person yeah, I don't know. do on Valentine's Day? Um, don't text me 10 50, 50 with any ideas. I'm just going to operate as if it's a normal day. Probably just text 20 fingers like, and see what's going on. Do you go out to the bar and do you recite like these cheesy pickup lines? Um, <laughs> I guess this is for the line from Tyler and Tobacco. AK on Valentine's Day warms up the traps and dominates. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint, Tyler. I don't think so. It's a weekday. I don't do anything on weekdays, to be honest. But, but what's what's the move for single people? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of like mixers. You know, I'm sure bars are open today. You know, people. Is it who, a hot night to go out at the that's bar? It's a good question. I, I honestly couldn't tell you. I mean, it's a Tuesday, so I, I would yeah. doubt it. But you know, and there's always nights going. If you want to go out in Toronto, there's always something to do. And I think tonight is and an the interesting one. Warming up, is it not? Yeah, you see, tomorrow's 13 degrees. I did not see it tomorrow. 14 but degrees. Morning, I had to wear a sweater. I haven't worn a sweater in five days. No, you throw them out if you live in Florida. Yeah. Oh, there's sometimes when uh, you don't have to. But yeah, I mean, weather's turning, and I think spring, early spring coming. Forget what Wyerton Willie or Punxsutawney Phil to say. I'm optimistic. I'm very optimistic. Well, I hope so, anyways. Let's be honest. Does that mean I think golf all... is closer to coming? Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. What's the like, day? February. Could this week uh, be a good time to golf? February 14th. Oh, I thought it was like the 7th. This is awesome. Dude, it's Valentine's Day, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. We were, I forgot. You idiot. I forgot what day it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's getting close. It's getting closer. You could probably find a place to tee it up tomorrow. 14 degrees. In a Toronto? Yeah, you can go like Don Valley, maybe somewhere on the escarpment closer to Niagara Falls. I think you could find something. What was the place we used to play? Was that Dragon's Fire? Dragon's Fire. Mm, maybe. You think they're open? Mm, I don't know. It's a little up the north still. You got to find something closer Dude, to the I waterfront. I believe I golfed four days in a row, and like you could tell, I was rusty. Like my wedges were really, really letting me down. Couple chunks, mm. couple skulls, sprays, skulls, a lot of skulls, a lot of skulls. Yes, and but my driver was. Just, you had the old sim too yeah. in the bag. The stealth's coming. Soon. My driver and my putter were dialed, but. Everything in between right now was, and my irons got a lot better. Just my like my wedge play in, inside a hundred, like just ruined me. We'll get you going. Ruined me. We'll get you. Going. It's early, and you know what? Well, I didn't go. I honestly didn't go down with any expectation. I didn't go down and say, "Oh, I'm breaking." Dude, no. I was just happy to play golf and be out in the nice weather and out with buddies and having a good time. And yeah, you want to golf well, but 
I just want I didn't I just didn't want to get eaten by any gators. That's a good idea. There's a lot of texts coming in that some of them are some of them are inappropriate. <laughs> uh, single people sit home and post memes about how they don't care about Valentine's Day. Okay. I mean, I care about Valentine's Day. I think it's great. I think celebrating love is fantastic. <laughs> um, as a single guy, you count your blessings. You don't have to spend money on a gift or overpriced dinner. That's a positive. That is a positive. I might order some pad thai tonight. You know, sit down, hang out. Yeah. Maybe, or you know, I don't know. That's got, I really hadn't thought that far ahead as far as far as Why what pad I was going to do. I, don't know, I like pad thai. It's tasty. Uh, of course it is. Yeah, there's some good spots. Salad good spots. Salad and meal. But I had some Cow San Road last week. Some what? The Cow San Road is a is a restaurant downtown. Oh, okay. they, they serve up some quality. I pad thought that thai. was the name of a meal. Uh, no, no. I think it's like Pad Cu is yeah. the uh, order there, and some pad thai uh, as well. Keep the jar of Vaseline away from Yeah, I saw that one. I didn't read that purposefully. <laughs> uh, Keegan Matheson will join us uh, from MLB.com. He's covering the Jays down in Dunedin. Looking forward to getting his perspective on day one of camp. We saw Bo Bichette where speaking to the media. Oh, sorry. So Dunedin is in which part of Florida? I think that's on the other side. Not where you were. It's on the other side of Florida. Okay. Closer to like Tampa and that area. Oh, oh yeah, Tampa. That's yeah. So uh, Keegan will join us in about 20 minutes' time. We'll play Crush. Or flush. Ooh, a special, special Valentine's Day. segment from our man Cheese. Kate Burness will join us. Dan Rosen as well. But coming up next, the NFL season is over. The Super Bowl. The Chiefs are the winners. But 2023-2024, the NFL never sleeps. It's 12 months a year, 365 days a year. And we'll get into our boldest of predictions for the offseason and season to come next. Congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs. They are Super Bowl champions. They defeat the Philadelphia Eagles 38-35 to on Sunday night. But let's be honest here, Coco. And we're back here on First Stop, Karol Nikoliakovo. NFL never sleeps. Year-round. And we'll get news today. Aaron Rodgers will be like, hey, guys, I want to get traded to the Argos. And we'll be like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> All right, let's call Ed Werder. Let's call Mark Dominic and let's figure out some topics it's, to get into. Uh... It's the weirdest time of the year for the NFL because you celebrate the Super Bowl, but then you go into withdrawal and you're like, oh, seven months until we play again. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was thinking last night, I'm like, what the hell am I going to do to occupy my time going forward? Like, you know how much time I spend I know. researching bets and prop stuff and talking about that stuff? I know. I have so much opportunity here. I could become a yoga guy. I'm thinking that might be number one on my list. Maybe back into stocks. Get a girlfriend? Oh, no, no, I don't. I'm, I'm good on that front. Pass, <laughs> hard pass. I mean, we got we got the we got uh, too many too many big nights out with well, the boys. Hey, I mean, can we get into the XFL? The XFL, XFL? starting Ooh, this week. We could weekend. do that. We could do something we, on the XFL. We need to adopt a team. I agree. I, I'm sort of the Brahmas. The Brahmas, like the from San the Antonio Rock. Brahmas. San Antonio. Because uh, the Brahma Bulls, big fan of the Rock. I, uh, I mean, I'm interested. We'll, we'll we'll talk to a couple maybe people involved with the and league. I, and the NFL. It doesn't matter what oh, you think. Yeah, All right, there it is. Uh, I'm excited to see how this launch goes for the XFL because obviously COVID. It, I think it was on a pretty good path when it relaunched in 2019 or 2020, and then COVID shut everything down, and they had to sort of fold again. And the Rock got involved, yeah, he and they did. built it back up, and. I think, you know, you know how I feel. The NFL should move to 20-game seasons. 
25 games, 30 games. I don't care. March. I don't care. I, I just want more. You play the Super Bowl in March. More now football. you can have more cities bid for the hosting of the Super Bowl. So let's get to our bowl predictions. But before we do that, a couple of people texting in. A tee-off time at Pine Knot, just east of London. That's tomorrow. Uh, another guy playing nine holes at Niagara on the Lake. Open year-round. So some golf going down in southern Ontario, perhaps today and tomorrow. Interesting. Uh, bowl predictions, Coco. Let me start off with this one. For the 2023-2024 NFL season, the New England Patriots will win the AFC East. You're Let me tell you why. Idiot. Let me tell you why. Bill O'Brien. Shut his mic off. Seriously. Bill O'Brien coming back. This guy thinks the New England Patriots. Okay, hold on, hold on. I never said I Shut think. Shut your mic off. This that is, is the dumbest this is, bowl prediction. This is a bowl, this is the bowl prediction segment. And why don't we start off with the boldest of predictions? The return of Bill O'Brien will make a significant impact on the stabilization of an offense that is in desperate need of it. And I think the New England Patriots are going to go out and get DeAndre Hopkins from the Arizona Cardinals. They desperately need an offensive playmaker of his ilk. We know how great the defense is. We know about Belichick. Getting Bill O'Brien there will fundamentally alter that course. And then you add in Hopkins as well. One of the best receivers well, in the Hopkins NFL. Hopkins is a relationship between him and O'Brien. Yeah, I mean, right? every, every, for sure. Everyone's got relationships with everyone in the NFL. But I think the New England Patriots, they've got an amazing defense. Ramondre Stevenson, great running back. Mac Jones. <laughs> but yeah, DeAndre Hopkins. That's my first bold prediction of the morning. That's absurd. You're a pigeon for saying that. Um, I, I don't even know if this is a bold prediction, but one of my bold predictions is that the Detroit Lions are going to win the NFC North. I like that one. I like that one for sure. I, I love where this team is trending. This is a team that clearly loves playing for their coach. They finished the season on an incredible high, eliminating the Green Bay Packers. And you just look at that division. I mean, who's a real threat in that division? I mean, the Vikings going to replicate the season they had this year. With so much his, good luck. With all the luck they had. So much uncertainty in Green Bay. Chicago will probably be better than a three-win team because they'll have a good chance to you know, retool their roster with $100 million in cap space and the potential assets that they're going to land in, in trading the first overall pick, because that's ultimately what I predict is going to happen, is that the first overall pick is going to get traded to who? There's a lot more suitors right now that need quarterbacks that may make the investment. So that is one of my bold predictions. The Detroit Lions! They're going to be legit next year. I like that, especially if Rodgers leaves the division. Then it's basically a lock. They'll be the probably prohibitive favorites, you would imagine, which is pretty surprising, considering it's... The Detroit Lions. How about another bold prediction from yours truly? Deshaun Watson will be a top 10 quarterback next year, and the Browns will win 10 games. You have to read my sheet. I literally just wrote oh. the same thing. You wrote about Deshaun top 10 Watson. And to, and 10 I games? said breakout player of the year yeah. for Deshaun Watson. Well, you look at the... Cleveland Browns schedule next year. It's it's just so easy. Like yeah. it's unbelievable. They play Arizona, Denver, Houston, and Indianapolis. So that's four wins right there. You don't believe in uh, Russell Wilson mm, and uh, no. Sean Payton? I do not. I do Denver? not. That's not a bold prediction. I, I do not believe in Russell Wilson and his resurgence. Maybe I will getting closer to the season. But like, there's no way Deshaun Watson is bad as he is as bad as he was last year. And this is a guy who was acclimating himself into an offense in the middle of the year was suspended at all this acrimony, self-caused acrimony. It was his problem that he had to deal with and was suspended for and ultimately had to deal with the ramifications of. But now that that's in the rear view, at least for now, I think Deshaun Watson, who was a top five, six, seven quarterback with Houston, 
is going to regain that form. I totally agree with you, man. I totally agree with you. Clearly, this guy, you know, after everything he's been through for the last two years and some of the things he had to overcome mentally, physically, the fact that he played five, six games down the season last year to get that out, to get the rust out of the way, a full offseason. You can have Amar full full offseason with Amari Cooper. I don't know what they're going to do with the running back situation because Kareem Hunt's a free agent, but they clearly had one of the best running back um, games in the game. I, I love that for, for the Cleveland Browns, so I'm with you on that one. I think another bold prediction is, and is this a bold prediction? I actually think it's you know legit. The Baltimore Ravens trade Lamar Jackson. Where does he land? That's another question. I ultimately think the Atlanta Falcons are going to be big, big players in the quarterback market, and they will be a team that will be heavily in on acquiring Lamar Jackson. As they should be. They almost did it last year with Watson. Remember, with Matt Ryan there, they tried to acquire Deshaun Watson. Ultimately, they thought they had Deshaun Watson after he turned down Cleveland, and then Cleveland picked up the phone and said... Hey, you know what? What if we guarantee the whole contract? Could you get <laughs> how many we get you to you come want? play how much in money Cleveland? You want? Wait a minute. How much was that guaranteed? Yeah, sign me up. It's like done deal. I'm coming to Cleveland. Yeah, I think Lamar and Rodgers I mean, every part of my being wants those guys to be traded because it's more fun. I mean, trades and movement and it just yields itself to content and intrigue here on this program, but I kind of feel like Lamar and Rodgers ultimately stay put. I mean, maybe Rodgers is the more likely of the two to get traded, but Lamar can just get franchise tagged, and that's he doesn't have a choice. And if he's coming back... Yeah, but hold on a second. I understand but Baltimore could franchise tag him, and they could literally screw him over. But well, we'll Lamar... Over. He got like $42 million. Lamar will screw them over again. Two years in a row, when he had, in, come playoff time, he was not available to them. He probably could have played this year, and say what you want about it. That was him protecting himself... Against potential future earnings. In part, it has to be. 100%. It would be irresponsible not to. When he to. first got hurt, it was just like, oh, he's going to miss one, two, three weeks. Probably be back for the playoffs. And then every week, he was like, when's this guy going to play? When's this guy going to play? You think that, and, and, and don't get me wrong. Yes, the, the, the Ravens do hold the cards. But do you think the Ravens want to enter that scenario again? You think Harbaugh wants to say to himself, and the team in, in that locker room wants to say to themselves, we're going to invest ourselves all season, but then when the most important time of the year comes, our best player is going to make himself not available because well, he wants to protect his future It's all assets. about the alternative, right? I mean, if they let Lamar walk, trade Lamar for first-round picks, I mean, where does that leave you? You have an amazing defense in Baltimore. I, I totally so, agree. Doesn't I don't know. in a great spot, and it's a tough predict, but I ultimately think... The writing was on the wall based on what happened last year. Cheese, you have a bold NFL prediction for next season. What is it? I think the Dolphins are going to land one of the big-name free agent running backs. I think, you know, they're a great fit. They already have a really good offense with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. We saw what happened with Tua Tagovailoa. I think that they want to limit him, try to protect him as much as possible. And I think a guy like Saquon Barkley or Josh Jacobs would be a perfect fit there. Interesting. We also know that the Dolphins lost How their they first... How that? 
Um, well, they're not paying Waddle anything, and Tyreek makes a ton. Tua doesn't make anything. They're on, well, those guys are on rookie deals. Also, yeah. the salary cap in the NFL is kind of made up. They just convert it to salary uh, signing bonuses, and the number goes down. It's a little bit made up, a little bit of a made up number. Mm-hmm. But anyways, the, the Dolphins also lost their first round pick in the tampering thing with Stephen Ross, so they're not going to necessarily have a ton of ways to improve their roster outside of signing players in free agency. So I could really see them landing a big name back. I love that. How about the Kansas City Chiefs going out and getting a big name back too? They, they could do it. They don't need it. it. No, they don't, but they don't, I mean, what do they need? I mean, yeah. they should get a, go out and get a superstar. Does Derrick receiver. Henry get traded this year? Mm, I mean, maybe. But I mean, who's going to play quarterback for the Titans next year? Tannehill again? I, I would have presumed so. It's not going to be Malik Willis. There's just uh-huh. no way. He's not an NFL quarterback. That's another interesting scenario. To yeah, watch Jonathan before. Taylor, free agent. Here's after next another bold too. prediction for me. Brandon Staley will be fired mid-season wow. by the Chargers. Wow. And you know who will be taking over? Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Uh, look, if, I'm trying to understand this whole Kellen Moore situation, how he walked away from the Cowboys to go be the OC with the Chargers. To me, it only makes logical sense he walked into the Chargers because there's a potential opportunity for him to be the next head coach there. I don't know how it actually played out with Dallas. Like, did they want to get rid of Kellen Moore? It kind of sounded a little bit ambivalent. Well, didn't Mike McCarthy take over yeah. all the play calling duties? Yeah. So he's like, okay, well, where can I go be a, the next head coach? Maybe. Staley should have been fired this year, but we all said who the, the owners are of the Chargers. They don't like spending or wasting money. They bring in a, you know, a guy who's making money as an offensive coordinator, can slide him into the head coach if something goes it's possible. Bad. I like I wouldn't that be something? I it's a great spot. It's a great you, spot. How can you not think? Yeah, Justin Herbert and all those great offensive weapons. That's a hell of a spot to be the OC or the head coach in Brandon Staley's position. On the subject of money, Bo Bichette got the three-year contract from the Toronto Blue Jays. He spoke to the media yesterday down in Dunedin. Our next guest was there. It's Keegan Matheson of MLB.com. He joins us next. song, Goo Goo Dolls with Iris, as we return here on First Up, this is TSN 1050. Some romantic vibes on our music selections today from our technical producer, Chris Diavera. Of course, it's Valentine's Day, and I can't imagine a better better way to spend Valentine's Day than down in Dunedin, covering the Blue Jays, and thereafter, having a romantic candlelit dinner with Scott Mitchell. Maybe that's what our next guest is going to do. It's Keegan Matheson. He was covering the Jays for MLB.com. Is that on the docket this evening, sir? You know, it's really part of the dream of being (laughs) a baseball writer is, A, moving up your own personal Valentine's Day to about the ninth or 10th every year. Reservations, much easier. And then spending (laughs) Valentine's Day with a group of baseball writers, the most romantic, (laughs) beautiful people on this earth. It's true. Baseball writers notorious. You know, hockey reporters, basketball, football. It's all about the baseball writers. They're the most glamorous. We are known for our looks and our charm. Yes. Well, speaking of looks, Keegan, there were a couple of surprising ones down at Blue Jays camp yesterday. Notably, Yusei Kikuchi with a beard and Jose Barrios with platinum blonde hair. Who looked better? In your estimation. Now, my bias has to be clear here, but I've got to go for the beard. You know, the, the boy band look on, on Jose, I like it. He's pulling it off really well. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those looks that you have to be cool to, to pull off, and he is. But the Kikuchi beard, guys, this is a, 
this is the the exciting story. Is it really him like, or is it a clone? Come on. Is it an evil Kikuchi? We'll see. <laughs> yes. Anything good that he does from this point on, I'm blaming on the beard. And when in doubt, when things go wrong, grow one out. See if it changes your life. <laughs> Um, what about the the physical physique of one Bo Bichette? I mean, his he looks like he's in really great shape. He looks like he was sharing a little bit extra jackedness. He was he was looking buff. Was it was it because of his off season training, or was it because he was happy to receive his new three year deal? Yeah, they appear to have exercised this off season down here. And <laughs> Bo was the guy who is everybody works hard. I, I know that's a thing we beat to death in pro sports now, but Bo is a real gym rat. He's the last guy at the field, the first guy to the field. And a lot of these guys coming in a bit bigger every camp you'll see. Danny Jansen is another one, the catcher. He looks big. He was hitting the crap out of the baseball in batting practice early yesterday morning. But for a lot of these players, it's about coming in a bit bigger and trying to maintain that over the year. I wish this applied to media, too, but as you're playing 162 games, you're dropping some weight over the year. You are outside in the sun every day playing 150-plus games. These guys naturally drop quite a few pounds over the course of a season, especially if you're a catcher or shortstop like Bo, who's playing every day. So if you are coming in at a certain number and leaving yourself a bit of room to drop some over the year, fantastic. But, man, yeah, Bo looked uh, very good yesterday. He did not miss any days this offseason. Our guest is Keegan Matheson, who covers the Toronto Blue Jays for MLB.com. He is in Dunedin. And the, th- the subject of Bo Bichette was one of the big ones in the offseason. We were talking about, okay, is he going to play shortstop? Would they consider moving him to second? There were reports that they were in on a couple of shortstop. Ultimately, Bichette's back. He's playing short, and he's got a new three-year contract. And it sounded, based on, and you were there, Keegan, like Bichette seemed pretty happy that he got this deal done. And I don't know if he was angling for a massive long-term extension like we saw a number of free agents got. But where do you think things stand between Bichette and the Jays as far as their relationship? I think it's calmed down and it has settled, which is a good thing for now because Bo Bichette is a guy who understands the business side of baseball very well. That comes from growing up in the game, but he's also a guy who is involved in those processes, pays a lot of attention to it. Some players will give it all to their agent. Bo is uh, pretty conscious of how these things work, and he's right that when you go into arbitration, it's not a friendly competition. It, it is not a rosy, friendly thing. You do get torn down a bit at, at times. So for him to avoid that, not just this year, but next year and the next, when his numbers will be even bigger, lets him just focus on the baseball. And he said yesterday, when you do remove a distraction, it allows you to take that focus and put it somewhere else. So that is gone now for the next few years. Well, have some conversations about the same thing with Vladdy as his number continues to grow in arbitration. But at the same time, Bo is now set up to make some cash in the short term and hit free agency around 27-28. And if he keeps playing like he is playing, man, oh, man, he is going to have 30 teams bidding on him. And that's always the dream. As much as we talk about signing with one team, you've got to think in anybody's job, would you rather 30 people bidding on you or one? And it's Mm -hmm. pretty attractive to have all 30. And if he keeps playing like this, Man, oh man, he will be looking at a massive free agency. Keegan, it wasn't long ago we were looking at Nate Pearson as the Blue Jays' top prospect, perhaps one of the top prospects in all of Major League Baseball. Of course, he's endured a number of injuries over the last couple of years. And just reading your work and your stuff you put out on social media yesterday, it sounded like he spent the offseason in the Dominican Republic training there. And, and we, of course, saw him on day one of camp yesterday. What can you tell us about 
how Nate Pearson looks and what we can expect from him this season. This is an interesting one, and that's right. He was down in the Dominican, made 12 appearances just as a reliever, pitching one inning at a time. At this point, I think that's the most interesting way to go with Nate Pearson. And I feel like we've been talking about him for 10 years. Uh, Pearson going back to 18, 19, the most exciting thing that would happen in spring training was him throwing 100. And at the time, the part that kind of went unspoken is that other teams had five guys that can do that. Throwing 100, it's impressive. None of us can do it. But there's a lot of guys in Major League Baseball. There's a lot of prospects coming up who can throw 99, throw 100. That's just a piece of the puzzle. It's about staying healthy because the human body is not designed to throw a baseball 100 miles an hour. And it's about finding the zone and doing it consistently. Now, if he can do that a bit more as a reliever, this suddenly gets really interesting again. And if Nate Pearson can not just do the baseball side, but also the mental side, being a reliever, you need a little crazy in you. You need that Jordan Romano pacing around the bullpen, amping yourself up. It's different strokes for different relievers, but it is a different mindset. You've got to be ready to come in at any time and max out for 10, 15 minutes instead of really building up slowly. So an interesting one to watch. It is definitely in the range of I will believe it when I see it. <laughs> That's where it has yeah. to be at this point. But the talent is still just incredible. Just needs to put it together. And again, needs to stay healthy. His body has not helped him. Well, and there's been so many instances of these flamethrowers who come up as starting pitchers and ultimately end up as top-notch relievers, and you hope for the Jays that Nate Pearson is that. Again, we're talking to Keegan Matheson of MLB.com down in Dunedin. So you talk about the Swanson acquisition. He's a flamethrower from the Seattle Mariners. They brought him in in the deal for Teoscar Hernandez. Of course, Romano at the back end of the bullpen. You have Pearson. You have Bass. You have Garcia. I mean, Chad Green eventually will be ready. The guy they signed from the Yankees, who's also an awesome pitcher when he's healthy. This bullpen looks pretty damn good to me, Keegan. I mean, it's hard to really pinpoint any holes in it. I mean, is the optimism warranted? Yeah, this is actually a good group. I like what the Blue Jays have done with their bullpen because there's not just depth. They had depth last year, but there's more upside now. And I think for years, the Blue Jays' bullpen was kind of lagging behind the rest of Major League Baseball. We were in 2020, but their bullpen was more 2005. Guys throwing 95, 96 at the top end. Now they're adding the real velocity. The guys who are going to strike out 10, 12 batters per nine innings. The real strikeout rates. And this bullpen is modernized. And I think that's a very good thing. You're going to see that organizationally down through the minor leagues. They are really chasing these types of guys now. And I think that's a very good idea. I think it's overdue and it's going to have some great results these next few years. You look past that group, there are some depth guys. Yasser Zulueta is another Cuban right-hander who can throw 99, 100. So there are options now, not just in that top seven or eight, but you're talking number nine, 10, 11. You're going to use 20 relievers a season. And when you call one up, even if they're not going to perform and dominate, you at least want some sort of upside because there are a million relievers out there who can throw 92 and give you a 4.8 ERA for a week. Great. But if you keep chasing upside, eventually somebody's going to hit. For all of those upside moves you make, eventually you're going to find your Jose Bautista or your star reliever on a minor move. Eventually, you just have to keep upside in mind. And I think the Blue Jays are really doing that now. Even their minor league additions, every one of them has something. And if one of them works out, that's a lot of found money. Keegan, Dalton Varsho was one of the big offseason acquisitions for the Blue Jays, a name that 
most people in Toronto didn't really recognize, but what type of season are you expecting from him in Toronto? Now, defensively, Varsho is going to amaze a lot of people, and he was originally a catcher. So to go from a catcher to a gold glove caliber outfielder is ridiculous. That's not something that happens, and it, it really speaks to his athleticism. You could, in an emergency, see him jump back behind the plate if the Blue Jays do need at some point. I'm sure that will come up. Varsho, an incredible defender, brings some speed and a lot of aggression. This is going to be the guy that I think fans do fall in love with for running through a wall, making the extreme plays, trying to get that extra base. Whether he gets it or not, we'll see. But this is going to be an aggressive team. John Schneider, Bo Bichette, both yesterday were talking about aggression on the bases, which is fun to watch. And I think Varsho fits right into that. His power is the interesting one for me, especially with these new shorter walls at the Sky Dome. How is that going to help, especially some left-handed hitters? And with some team control left, this guy is really part of that new core group of players. Dalton Varsho is really talented. A lot of people haven't seen much of him, given that he's coming from the D-backs. I don't think people are scrambling to watch many Arizona games, but Varsho is a really legit outfielder, but incredible defender. I think that's what's going to catch your eye first. There's a lot of excitement around this team, and rightfully so. You'll be documenting it all spring training for MLB.com. Thanks so much for doing this, Keegan. We'll see you at the Corona rooftop patio at the Rogers Center, all right? Cannot wait. Talk to you guys. <laughs> nice. Uh, Keegan Matheson, MLB.com. Right. I forgot about the new oh. Renaults going on. A ton of new Renaults, and, and not only with regards to... That, like, those have to be done in, like, what, two months? Oh, less than that. I mean, the season starts in about a month and a half, but, I mean, I think they're pretty much done now. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's not the total renovation. No, it's the one part of it. It's the first phase or whatever. But also, like, the outfield walls will be different than they were this year. Or, I guess, forever, really, for 30 years. So, it's exciting. A lot of changes. This team's good, man. This team has a ton of talent. The bullpen I like. I love the rotation. The bats are... I mean, it's hard to really pick many holes with this roster right now. It's all a matter of just putting it together and taking that next step. This is... Always the talk going into the start of a new season is that you everyone gets excited about the changes they've made and the expectations that are put. Remember when we were we were talking about this year? Almost every person we talked to in baseball was saying, "Yep, Blue Jays are World Series favorites." And I was like, "What the hell is going on? What have the Blue Jays done to put themselves into World Series favorites conversation? This group hasn't even won a playoff." That game. was Brandon Belt who said that he thinks the Jays are World Series favorites, right? Well, I'm I don't know who said it last year, or I don't know who said it this year, but last year was like everybody was saying, and I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Pump, pump the brakes a little bit. Let this come together." And and look, the. I, I wouldn't even be comfortable saying that about this team this year. World Series favorites. No. To me, are they even division favorites right now? I'd have to look at FanDuel, what the odds are. And maybe, Chrissy, why don't you take a look at that? Because, but, I mean, Yankees, yeah, you can argue the Yankees, the Yankees are there. Tampa, Rays yeah. are always going to be there. I mean, I don't know what to think of Boston no, and Baltimore this year. No, but, suck, but no one expected the Yankees to have the season they did last year. True. There's always that team. There's always that team that that overachieves and underachieves. Always. I hope the Jays aren't a team that underachieves because clearly they're they're way too talented to put themselves in that conversation. But look, the Jays are not even close to World Series favorites. By the way, I mean there's uh, seven teams ahead okay, of them where in the they in the division rankings. Uh, I mean they're definitely buying the Yanks for sure. Okay, so they're second in the AL East. So yeah, like. Be excited about this team because of you know the new players that they've come in, the new look that they're going to present. 
But ultimately, at the end of the day, you still got to go out and play. And so much can happen. And, you know, if what's like the things I'm looking for is who's Barrios going to be? Mm-hmm. What's what step? What next step is Manoa going to take? Well, you know, if, if, if Manoa replicates gonna, last season, that's, I think everyone signs off on oh, that. 100%. 100% they do. But, you know, is Gosman the same guy? How does how does Bassett fit in in this in this rotation? What do you get from Kikuchi? You know what is this outfield going to look like with no Te, Te Oscar and no Guriel? Like, there's a lot of question marks on this team. The pieces that they brought in for the bullpen are they going to be lockdown guys like they were in the teams that they were before? It's true. You can never take like, anything for granted. Swanson's coming from Seattle, right? I mean, we'll see what Chad Green is able to provide later in the season, but. I know, so, it's, a, it's an interesting but team. But hey, it uh, is. you know, look, at the end of the day, you have every reason to be excited because it's the start of a new season, and that's usually what the feeling you should have going into a new season. But, like, I know baseball has made a lot of changes to their rules and to their schedule and stuff like that. Do we really need six weeks of spring training? Like, what, why can't they shorten this? Why does spring training need to be so long? Well, I mean, you can't do play can't play baseball games in the northeast right now. I mean, there's no snow on the ground in New York, Philadelphia. These are outdoor stadiums. Oh, okay, that's true. Yeah, I mean, um, you, you got to wait. I mean, that's just what it is. You start in April. That's just how it always. Why is. can't they try to start spring training a month later? I guess you could. I mean, I don't know. This is just how. Right. That's just how it no, is. I, just, I mean, I, keep I, in mind, like, there's parks down in Florida that make money off of. Oh, hundred percent. You know, and also the answer is, I'm gonna. I will ask your question twofold because we saw the reduced spring training with COVID, and you know, teams. We were complaining about this how teams weren't giving guys, uh, you know, like full workloads early on in the season as well, and mm-hmm. it was that was a problem too. So the answer is, you got to ramp up. That's how it is. It's a slow progression oh, for a pitcher. Ramp up. So it's just that's just how it is. And also, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't play at Yankee Stadium in the middle of February. It's just not how it works. Uh, sadly, unfortunately, I wish every place was as nice as. So the Jays' win total on FanDuel is ninety and a half. Mm-hmm. I think they finished with ninety last year, if I'm not mistaken. I like ninety and a half. Take the over on that. Really? Absolutely. Maybe not quite to the extent I bet the unders for David Passer and I can guard me David Goals, but maybe, maybe. Hmm. Uh, we'll get to Kate Burnett. She'll join us at 915. Dan Rosen from NHL.com as well. So there's a lot of good, a lot of good NHL stories to get to with Dan. And coming up at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, Crush or Flush, a very special segment concocted. I'm getting into my sexy voice for Valentine's Day. This is not a very sexy voice. I don't know what I'm talking about. But our man Cheese will join us in about 10 minutes' time. More First Up, our third hour continues next. Ever made Heaven by Brian Adams, a song that I believe should be the Maple Leafs goal song. <laughs> Remember when I once said that? It was not my strongest day. Dude, this is an amazing song. I want to hear it as often you as possible. Said you wanted this as the Maple Leafs. Absolutely. Goal song. Heaven. Every time you score, you're in heaven. Brian Adams, shout out to him. Shout out to him. This song is great. Chrissy has done a great job of picking some of the great songs about romance. And Brian Brian Adams has many of those. Of course, great Canadian singer, songwriter. Once performed with Taylor Swift. What would That's be the best Valentine's Day romantic song to play? I guess that's a question we could pose. As yeah, that's a, a good. That's a good idea. I, mean, a, I think Chrissy's done a great job of picking some good ones today. For yeah, us. they has for sure. But like, what is the go-to like Seal the Deal song? I think there's a song by Seal that is very romantic. I'm blanking on its name. Like, what is the go-to? Like, uh, that's the question. Kiss from a Rose. Yes. Thank yes. you, Chrissy. 
That oh is the good. That has to be that the That song is outstanding. I can't wait to listen. Let's play that one at the top of the 9 o'clock hour, Chris. That definitely has to be the go-to song. Go-to Valentine's so like, song. So, like, when exactly are you referring to? So, like, you're having dinner, you got a glass of wine, you're having a nice steak? Yeah, like, a, so, like, the setting, the song for the, like, a romantic Valentine's Day setting. Kiss from a Rose would be it. It's really hard to dispute that. It's a, it's a fan. There's, it's a great song, and there's so many great love songs that you could, you could make an argument for dozens. But Seal Kiss from a Rose might be at the top of the list. He's because he's for many all show, all show. Yeah, Chrissy's had some great ones. Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls, of course. Heaven by Brian Adams. I mean, those are two great ones as well. And I'm sure Taylor Swift will emerge at some point. I hope Chrissy. We'll figure out some ways to incorporate. Good ones? Yeah, I mean, ninety-nine percent of her songs are about breakups and love. So, <laughs> when's she uh, making the one about you? Well, I mean, we're still going strong. How so about hope "Endless never... Love" by Lionel Richie? Oh, that's a great idea. We could play that as a well. Good Happy Gilmore reference. Always by Bon Jovi. Has... <laughs> Is that is that Tyler in Las Vegas? Is that Tyler in Etobicoke? Is in Las Vegas? <laughs> if so, shout out to him. Uh, listening nice and early. But yeah, there's some good stuff. You're still the one stuff. by Shania Twain. Did we play that today oh, already? That's a good one, too. I love these songs. See, like my go to's, obviously, I like a lot of different types of music, but I like those like sing along, like the Shania Twain songs like that. Mm. And the Seal song is great. Oh, wow. Joe from Hamilton with some good suggestions. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back on the fourth hour of the show. We're going to figure out what music to play. We've got four segments left in the program. And we've got four songs we need to select to celebrate and commemorate the Valentine's Day edition of the program. We'll play Crush or Flush with Cheese. We'll talk to Kate Burness as well. Dan Rosen, jam-packed fourth hour of the show, begins next.